out there and welcome to the Holy Hour podcast, the All Cure bi-weekly podcast. You're back for another episode, or maybe this is the first one somehow. Weird place to start, but hey, I'm not judging you. I'm Gavin. Thanks for hanging out. Um, it's a lovely spring day here. We got some birds in the background. Can't imagine that would bother anybody, but uh, there they are. <laughs> Little tweet tweets. And uh, what better way to introduce this episode? It's all about the beginnings and the new life of a Cure fan. Origin Tales. We haven't done an Origin Stories episode in a while, right? So uh, this song's about how it all starts for two fans in particular and um, where this adventure brought them. Uh, before we dive into the Origin Tales, though, I do want to give two quick shout-outs, as we like to do anytime we stumble across other podcast stuff that's related to the Cure and there's two good ones out there right now. Um, the first one is from a podcast called The Permanent Record. And uh, they it's a husband and wife, I believe. And sometimes with guests, they pick apart old classic albums, usually. And um, usually do them in two parts. And they do everything from New Order to the first episode's Yaz, one of my personal favorite albums growing up. And Erasure, Depeche Mode, all our favorites are on there. And uh, they did a Head on the Door one a while back, but this one, in the month of May, they have devoted all to Disintegration. So it starts out with some Rock and Roll Hall of Fame talk in one episode, bleeds into Disintegration, and then there's a full-on Disintegration episode, and then one more to come, I think. So at least three episodes are going to be on Disintegration, maybe even more. So I recommend checking those out. They are very articulate and uh, very great research and thought through everything. Um, they gave us a shout out, which was super nice. I left them a review just saying how I'm happy to hear more Cure Talk out there. And they gave us a shout out. I think we might have turned the one dude off anyway a bit with our swearing. So apologies to them if they're still listening. But And apologies to anyone else out there, I guess. Maybe we do curse too much. But, uh, you know, we're getting excited over here. We're passionate about these things. That's what happens. Um, so, yeah, sorry, man. But um, I hope you still enjoy it nonetheless, whoever's listening out there. And the other one is from our buddy Scott, who's contributed to the show before. And he's got a whole podcast um regime going over there he's got a whole crew and they've got multiple podcasts going but the main one is nerds with attitude and i think he kind of has this main offshoot called nerds nerd tunes and you can find that on the feed of the nerds with attitude on itunes as well but uh he did a really cool episode um and it was episode 19 of nerd tunes where it features the cure and and uh scott Basically, plays one track off of all 13 albums for his friend, who's not so much a diehard Cure fan. And uh, they discuss the Cure's history in general and the track that's played. And uh, it's just kind of a cool listening of uh, Cure Talk. So I highly recommend it. Scott's always got great things to say on social media. Seems like a really awesome dude. So uh, go check that one out. Episode 19 of Nerd Tunes on iTunes. All right, this episode, origin tales, origin stories, whatever you want to call it, this is how it all began. We got two very cool dudes, Victor and John, uh, shared their time and thoughts with us. And by chance, it worked out that we have never had any international origin stories on this episode. We've had clips from people all over the world sending in their thoughts on episodes, but we haven't really delved into the, the full-on origin tales of anybody outside of the U.S., and um, it's cool to get a different perspective on that with these two wonderful guests. 
So without further ado, the first one was sent in by Victor. I had the pleasure of meeting Victor in person at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame hangout. And then we all walked down to the show together and met up afterwards. Sweet, sweet guy. And I uh, love talking to him in emails and elsewhere. And uh, just a really cool dude that's very passionate about this band. Always looking out, covering my back when I miss any new Cure news. And uh, just the all-around great dude. So it was so cool to finally document his origin tale. Hi, um, I've been meaning to record this and send it out for some time, but my story with The Cure is, I think it's different from most of yours. Uh, I've been listening to the podcast since late last year. I've been catching up with the old episodes and have heard some of the different people's origin stories and all that. And at least the ones that I've heard so far have all been from people from the U.S., and in my case, I'm from Costa Rica. I lived all my life until just a couple of years ago in different countries in Latin America. And I think this has a lot to do with my story. So uh, I first got to know The Cure when I was living in, in Venezuela. Uh, I lived there from 83 to 98. And it was a very different country back then. Um, but, well, still not like the U.S. or Europe. Um, there used to be a few records at home, but not that many. My sister, who who is a couple years older than me, she didn't listen to much uh, music, at least the kind that I could get interested in. So <clears throat> the first thing uh, I remember liking a little more uh was at at a friend's house where I would used to go to to um, do some homework and stuff and all that. And he had some tapes with Genesis and Phil Collins. I think maybe Ario Speedwagon, The Police. And, and that's probably when I started getting a little more interested in music. The first thing with The Cure was uh, I remember they, they used to have uh, they, there was a, an ad on the TV when they were promoting Standing on a Beach, so I guess that's got to be probably like 86, maybe 87, I don't know. But around that time, uh, they were promoting Standing on a Beach, and it was also a record from Level 42, and it was the same ad, I don't know, 30 seconds, and part and part. Uh, so... I liked what I heard in, in the in the ad, and so at some point I decided to go to the record store and and get it, and I got both cassettes. Level 42 in the end I didn't like much, uh, maybe a song or two. I think it, it was Lessons in Love was was in the cassette. Um, but Cure, on the other hand, I liked much better. Uh, for now, I, I'll just talk about the A-sides. I'm talking about Santa Ana Beach, so I'll just talk about the A-side for now. I kind of like all those, except uh, I remember not liking Charlotte sometimes, which is one of my favorite songs now. And um, I didn't like Hanging Garden either too much. The rest of it I did love. Um... 
I don't I don't know exactly what time did I start getting together with my with uh, with a couple of neighbors just to listen to music. So we used to meet and just listen to music, put some records, whatever. We used to listen to different stuff. I I, I think I can remember playing Sting and Bon Jovi, Europe, a lot of hair metal. I also remember Iron Maiden, Anthrax, Metallica, which I still listen to a lot of of that stuff. But I mean, those years where I'm talking about, it was it was easier to find information on those bands, at least through through the magazines that we were able to find there. Like I like I, I don't know, Hit Parader maybe was the name of one or Metal Hammer. I don't know one of those or those, and, and it was easier to get. Um, information on those bands and I think things like The Cure there was no internet at that, or anything similar at that time you're talking about you're 86, 87 and being that in America probably translates to I don't know about early 80s here um, so I remember each one of us would like champion um, whatever we liked the most and The Cure was one of those bands that I would promote among my friends and all that. I remember also, uh, I I went at some point to the record store also, and there was this other record from The Cure, and it was, well, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Maybe it was new, or maybe it, I don't know, was there, and I, and, and I remember I got it, and I remember I loved almost all of it. And it was probably around that same time that one of the of these neighbors that I that I was with got his hands on on two things. I remember clearly. One of them was a VHS tape one of his cousins had recorded or something I don't know how from T V or whatever from a show in, in Brazil, in Maracanã. And there was also a cassette tape that they recorded someone, again, um, a, a cousin or something who lived in a different city, in, 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 the, in a bigger city. Uh, so he had recorded from a radio show that they had a broadcast of The Cure in Glastonbury. And, and both the tape and uh, the cassette and the VHS and all that, that was uh, that was the first time I I heard stuff like Push or Six Different Ways. I mean, I was blown away. But to that point, yeah, I I I had heard the Stand on the Beach uh, with a little note there, and and kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. And I knew Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me was kind of like the newer one because it was, I don't know, with the same year in which we were. So I started wondering, okay, what are these other songs that I'm hearing? So, uh, maybe maybe there was something more. And then <laughs> at some point, this same guy got his hands. He knew somebody that had it and they... And he borrowed it. He got in his hands. On a, I remember it was a Greek version of Standing on a Beach. Uh, 
cassette. And what was different with this one? Well, to this point, the only one that I had was the tape that I had bought, which was the Venezuelan version. But it did not have the B-sides. So this Greek version had the B-sides. And, I mean, wow, I, I, I was really, really blown away. I didn't even think anything like that existed. I only knew that tape that I had, and I remember listening to Throw Your Foot or VRS After This, The Exploding Boy. Those songs, wow. At that point, that was, I mean, my band. The Cure was my band from that point. Um, but, again, I, I think, I mean, there was, there, I, I knew there had to be something more than that because of those songs I had heard in, in the Glastonbury thing and the Brazil concert and all that. So I remember during those years, uh, during the summer, we would travel back to Costa Rica and visit my grandparents and all that. And it was during those trips that I started filling some of those gaps uh, because I would go to the record store and they had imports. In Venezuela, they, at least in the stores that I went to, they didn't have imports. But they had their own pressing plants, so they, they would only sell whatever they were pressing locally. And Costa Rica, they did not have anything like that. At least I think they didn't. So I would find imports. And that's where I was would see a record, and I said, oh, look at that. This is where primary is. Um, and it was Fade. Or, or, wow, this one has push and close to me. And in between days, wow, when I would see for the first time the head on the door, like things that I didn't even know existed. And the other thing was that my mother used to go to Florida with her sister like once a year. And I would ask her to get me stuff from the cure. Whatever it was, I didn't even know what 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 was out there. And I would just write down a piece of paper, the, the records that I already had, and ask her, bring me whatever other thing you find that's not these. And I can remember she got me the top, the walk, the thing, and, and with the six signs, and Japanese whispers, um, all three of those in cassette. Wow, it was so much stuff that I didn't even know existed. And, and yeah, she got me those. She didn't get me pornography. <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe she saw it and, and, and didn't approve. I don't know, I, just, I, I didn't get pornography until a couple of years later, I think. Uh, no, so, well, it was a bit of a struggle because for us, or for me, in that situation where I was living and all that, I didn't have access to to all that stuff. Access or even knowledge of, of things existing. That's uh, kind of how I started getting those records. I remember liking some more than others and 
also some some songs more than others. It's like you've said, and, and I, I, I I like more the upbeat and poppy kind of stuff, um, which is, like I said, like I've heard in some of your podcasts, saying that the pop is what what gets your attention and hooks you at first, and um, now now probably I, I prefer more the more atmospheric or darker or even heavier, I don't know, different different things of the cure. I still have I, I, I still like a lot of the pop stuff as well. At some point I saw at the record store the cassette for disintegration and I bought it. It's gotta be probably the same year it came out, eighty nine or ninety, I don't know when things were came out somewhere and when would they come out in in, in Venezuela. But I do remember, however, not liking most of it. Uh, like I said, I, I was more into the upbeat songs. And my friends with whom I, I would listen music uh, with, they didn't like it either. They felt it was like way too slow and like well, not, nothing's happening here. And I don't know. That's how I felt also. I do remember liking pictures of you, but why not much more after that? I don't. And now, Alice <laughs> is my favorite album of all. Uh, and I don't know exactly when did that happen. When did I change? When I probably started liking it little by little. But I don't know. Maybe I think I think, and it was probably many years later. But I think probably when I really really liked it was uh like ten years later when or more when when the trilogy uh DVD came out. Uh I do remember loving Wish since the moment I heard it and it's probably I, I, at that point I, I, I think I was getting records more like close to when they were really released. I'm not I don't think the same day of the release but at least closer. So, yeah, I do remember Loving Wish. I was already in college by then. And by this time, both of my neighbors, the, the guys that I that I would listen to music with, they they both had, had gone to live to France. So I stopped having friends with whom I, I could share my my passion for the cure. And... and that's a that's a huge reason why I uh, appreciate so much what you're doing with the podcast. I, I've been missing something like this for for almost thirty years, and well, that's also why I I decided to record myself and, and share my story with with all you out there. Also, as you see, being a, a Cure fan is is hard. For different reasons, I mean, you shared some of your stories about how it was hard before they became big, and then at some point you you got like some kind of validation or something. I don't, I don't know how to say it, but when, when when you were able to start saying, "See, this is the cure. This is my band. They made it." Well, in my case, 
it was hard for different reasons, like I said, uh, access to stuff. Uh, and 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 then there was the the thing like so how how could I ever go to a cure show to see them live? They never went anywhere close to Costa Rica or Venezuela during those years. Uh, and even if they did, uh, it would have been hard unless it was in my city to, for me to to go. And when I when I when I got uh, out of college, I went to live in Argentina. That was from 98 to 2003. And again, they never played anywhere near. That's when I was starting to work so I could have a little more money or whatever, but they never played anywhere near during those years. I think they stopped going to Argentina until like five years ago. Uh, I think that was after some kind of riot in 86 or 87 in one of their shows in the stadium down there. Um, so actually my first show was only in 2008 for the 413 Dream Tour. Yeah. So that that's, that's hard. I mean, so many years being a fan and, and not having that possibility. So at that time, I was living in Costa Rica. I was already back from, from Argentina. So I was living in Costa Rica, and I traveled to Tampa for it, for, for this show. And I met there with with an old friend that I had not seen in years, and who now happens to be my wife. Uh, at that time, she was living in Venezuela, and she was in Florida visiting uh, family cousins or something. And, well, it was a great show, of course. It was like three hours, I remember. Um, and they played a fucking amazing version of The Forest. Wow. Um, this was the, the tour where Paul was doing, like, all the synth parts on guitar. He was looking like a, I don't know, a weird badass tattooed motherfucker. <laughs> uh, it was a great show. I mean, your first Cure show, I, I, I guess you, it's hard to, to forget. Um, now I've seen them only like, only, only like not, only five times. Three of them on the 2016 tour uh, that I was already living here. So I saw them in Minneapolis. And a couple of days later, we drove for, for two shows in, in Chicago. I, uh, I am yet to see a show in which they play plain song and disintegration. Uh, it's odd. I mean, they, they play those fairly frequently. And, yeah, <laughs> I guess I hope someday it happens for me. My biggest frustration in, in, in terms of live shows was not having been able to see see them on the Reflections shows. Those they did, in, I think it was in 2011. Oh, I would have loved to see that. So, well, it didn't happen. I'm hoping I can fly to New York for the Rock Hall thing, and hoping really hard they announce something for the fall here in the in the US. 
and still giving serious thought to to going over to Europe and, and see some of those shows. Thing is, well, it's a lot of money, and the thing is, the festival shows. I I I saw them. I saw them one one time in in, in a festival setting, and it's, I don't think it's the same. Uh, and well, then also hoping for the new album. I think those songs they played in 2016 were great, and I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that production does them justice if they decide to go with them for the album, because I think production has hurt a, a little of their later albums. Anyway, Gavin, uh, and I'll hold the hour podcast. Uh, I'll keep in touch and participate some more. And again, thank you. Thank you from my heart, really. Thank you so much for keeping this going. I've been missing something like this for, for a very long time. Talk hard. All right, thanks so much, Victor. So great to hear your voice and finally get to share your backstory with everybody. I've been sitting on this clip for a little while, uh, just trying to find the right time to use it and uh, hope everybody gets to see the different perspective and uh, how, you know, here I am complaining of how hard it was to get Cure Info in a little redneck town of Stafford, Virginia, when you had it so much harder, apparently, and uh, just crazy backtracking through the catalog there and um and really unearthing it all and and how we all are so different but so similar in the ways that we get into the cure so uh, thank you so much for sharing that and we're gonna shift gears now to uh the uk where we get to hear a different perspective of how you can stumble into the cure much later even and uh through john who is also no stranger to the show john has contributed in the past and uh was great about scheduling a time where we could call each other up despite the time zone differences and hash out how it all began for John. Let's dive on in. Hey guys, welcome to the show. We are having a very special guest on the show today, and I welcome John. How's it going, man? Hello, everyone's going well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we got. Uh, do you go by John over Jonathan? Yeah, or? Okay. John, yeah, okay, John. cool, cool. So yeah, if you've been uh, anyone out there has been listening to the show, you're not a stranger to this program. We've had you on in various forms in the past. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for contributing in the past and talking with us today. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, which which ones do we have you on for? You sending? Uh... Uh, I uh, my my old band Safari Inc. We we did like um like a mashup cover of Bush's Machine Head and the Cure's Lullaby. Right. Yeah. And we did that and I think I've done a few reviews. I think um yeah. I did a I did a write up on Wild Mood Swings, so I definitely remember that. Yeah. And uh, so it's a little bit more flavoured a bit more um positive on it than than yourselves like Yeah. That's one everyone kind of goes back and forth on. So, <laughs> like the album, it's all over the place, even the reviews. Yeah. Cool. So, where are you at now, location-wise? Are you? Um, I live in Wallasey, so that's basically um the if if you would ever look on a map, it's it's opposite Liverpool, with separated by a river. 
So, I, you know, I was going to say Liverpool, but people from Liverpool kind of get a, a bit niffy when you uh, say you're from Liverpool and you're actually not. So, yeah, right. New Brighton, exactly. It's like a little seaside town. Used to be um, used to be massive in the 50s and 60s as a holiday resort, and then it got abandoned, and it's kind of come back to life again now, actually. So, yeah, it's, okay. it's a nice place to live. Cool. How long have you been there? Yeah, all my life, yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. So good music scene and all? Or? Well, you know, uh, Liverpool's um, big for the Beatles, obviously. Right. <laughs> and all that. And, you know, the the north of Britain in general, you know, we, we've had a lot of, you know, the Smiths, Oasis, Joy Division, you know, countless bands. Um, kind of modern times. Well, I'm, I'm in a band myself over here and there's plenty of venues and stuff. Uh, I don't think too much is breaking out at the moment, but... yeah. There's plenty of bands around, yeah. There's a big music scene. Awesome. You're in a new band now? It sounds like your old band isn't together anymore? Yeah, yeah, I'm in a new band, Satin Split. Um, I was kind of involuntary... I've, I've kind of involuntary become the um, lead singer as well as the bassist yeah. for this new band. Because uh, <laughs> we couldn't find a singer, so... Right I'll just do it myself. <laughs> yeah, sounds familiar, like a band we know. <laughs> See what happens when you just kind of step up. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's cool. Um, what kind of music? Is it in the same vein as your last band? Or? Uh, similar, a, a bit darker, yeah. yeah. To be honest, the sounds that come out of it, um, I, I often describe it to people as um, Joy Division meets Black Sabbath. Okay. Cool. I've definitely kind of pinched a few influences from The Cure, but more kind of from like the pornography era of the band. Yeah. Really heavy, dark, um, kind of the heavier stuff rather than, you know, obviously anything you'd expect off head on the door or anything like that. But, okay. you know, it's, it's early days and we're all developing as a band and The Cure, you know, obviously a massive influence on me. So, sweet. Yeah. We'll see, see where that leads. Cool. Yeah, you get some recordings. We'll definitely have to share them with the people out there. So feel free to send yeah. them our way. <laughs> cool. So maybe from the start then, let's go back since uh, this episode is going to be kind of focusing on origin tales. We haven't had some of these in a while, so we always love to hear where where all this madness began. And uh, how about for you? Where were you uh, into in your wee days before discovering The Cure? What kind of music? Uh, well, well, my... I kind of grew up heavily around music um mainly from my dad to be honest he, he was always into the kind of rock of the 70s uh, you know like acdc led zeppelin uh, pink floyd and, and i definitely picked up on pink floyd they they were like one of the first bands i ever got into uh-huh. uh, specifically the wall album i was i was in love with the wall album since since as young as i can remember really and yeah. um as I kind of got older, um, another band that really attracted, really I really became attracted to was uh, Iron Maiden. Okay. Uh, really loved them throughout my uh, teen years, and then as as I got a bit older into my later teens, I started getting into like kind of the more modern. Well, there was still a few years. I was still a few years behind everyone else, but the, the more modern bands like Corn and yeah. <laughs> Limp Bizkit, Disturb, kind of bands <laughs> like that. And funnily enough. Um, it's it's quite funny really, but it was through corn that I kind of really discovered the cure. Awesome. Um, 
because <laughs> Big Fun did like an MTV Live performance album. Yeah, yeah. I remember picking that up, and, and one of the guests on it was was the, was the Cure. They did this um, "Make Me Bad" um, in between days mashup, which I think I've heard. I think I've heard on the show that that, that you you and the guys aren't particularly. Yeah, we probably collectively sad about. That. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about it too. Is that yeah. you know, for every time every geezer sighs about it, you know, there's like a young crowd out there that got exposed to them for the first time because of that you know so it, yeah. it's a job it's like a you know any of that stuff or a movie soundtrack or something where it's just like what but uh yeah that's pretty cool so it's good yeah. to know that it, it, it had a purpose there so yeah good. so i was about um i think it was about 16 17 when it when i got into that and okay that that led me to just get get onto you know this is around about 2000 yeah 2007 2008 so okay. uh, i got on youtube and you know, start searching the Cure videos, and as soon as I heard, I must have heard them on the radio in the past, but as soon as I properly sat down and listened to right. uh, Just Like Heaven, that, like, that that was it, that was like, you know, the, the, the snap of my brain, and I was, that was hooked on them. That was the one that pulled you in, yeah. Yeah, huh. yeah, but my, my uncle is um, big on, on a lot of the 80s kind of bands, like, The Cure and Depeche Mode and Simple Minds and U2 and all that, so... Right. Uh, I remember throwing him a text, uh, telling him, oh, I've, got, I've gone into this band, The Cure, do you know them? And he came back with all the information, <laughs> listen to this album, listen to that album, listen to that album. Right. So I think he got me onto pornography and disintegration. So they were the first two Cure albums I actually listened to. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, just, you know, probably the best way to start it. Yeah. Really. <laughs> like um, straight into the lion's den there. Uh, <laughs> pornography and um as i said going back you know at this time i was quite i was quite heavy into the music i listened to and this kind of had that heaviness but also had the sadness and in a way like the music seemed to more take its time to get its message across whereas a lot of like metal and new metal straight to the point bang 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 but you know you, you hear the songs of pornography and it's like there's such like a the kind of sadness but something really hits you there at the same time and, and being kind of a dark melancholic you know 17 year old yeah. you know that stuff just just struck a nerve completely and, and really set it off so yeah. after that you know I, I just I just got straight every every time I got a bit of money I was straight to the shops buying new cured albums um yeah, I'm always curious how, uh, did you just oh, yeah. kind of get them as they came, or did you have a calculated plan to try to get them in order or anything like that? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of go off what people would say on, on yeah. the internet, kind of going off what albums were the more higher praised than the, the ones worth listening to. Um, so I think I, I kind of got, you know, their peak stuff first, so obviously pornography wish that their early stuff their 17 seconds faith yeah um and then towards the back end is when i started um getting swimming more towards the deep end with blood flowers and wild mood swings and self-titled right and that, the 413 dream came out around that time so i remember getting that when it came out right not being a big fan of it when it came out but yeah really grown to like it to be honest yeah that one definitely rebounds well i think so there's a lot of yeah. still not you know 
top five probably by any means, <laughs> but uh, no, you know it's kind of has some shiny you know, moments. You come from if you could kind of imagine that chart where the line goes up and up and up and up and up, you get wild <laughs> swings where it just plonks straight down. Yeah. I think 413 Dreams are a bit of a push up. Yeah. If you could kind of imagine that. Um, That's definitely how I visualize it. Yeah. a few things out that they were kind of all over the shop and especially on that 2004 album. Yeah. Um, I like that idea, like you're saying, with the with pornography and disintegration, right? is the introduction where it's a different kind of uh angst you know like at that age too um it's weird because i always kind of lean towards that and i always got the angst out of it but i never got into like metal or anything as a kid when all my friends did you know (laughs) which totally makes sense at that age to to channel that you know but i think the care kind of did satisfy that itch for me it was just like it's like slow aggression you know it's like yeah, it's yeah, like the aggression yeah. and the teen angst is in there but it's just a, in a different way you know? up a bit at that point aren't you, you yeah it's, uh... <laughs> i'm gonna sit in my room listen to the cure <laughs> right on <laughs> that's pretty cool so yeah the um so as you kind of collected them all and uh did any initially stand out as your favorites or like kind of Go well, back and it was forth. definitely the, the the arms that I constantly like. You've kind of got to remember this is like the time period of iPods and yeah, free players. So you know, I I kind of feel a bit dirty admitting this because <laughs> I, I know some of the older folks that are a bit looked down on this kind of behaviour. But I'd come home, put the CD into my computer, put it on my iPod, and then I'd usually just put the Cure on shuffle. Yeah, to my way through it. But I always remember that. Disintegration was always the the go to album. Um, right. Disintegration today, wish wish is my favorite album. Okay, uh, definitely. Which uh, I can I can see the criticisms towards it, but as I say, I kind of listen to these albums in a short frame of time. Right. So it's a bit different where some people are like, oh, this is kind of treading similar ground and kind of spinning the wheels whereas i just thought this this is kind of more of the definitive cure arm with a bit of everything thrown yeah, into it yeah disintegration and the wish is is probably the two albums that you know that i've definitely pulled to and they're definitely my two go-to albums right on yeah, I'm pretty much with you on that too. Like I, I can yeah. really quite sort out as we hashed out a billion times over Wish there, where you know it, it was such a sentimental time in my life of loving the band at a young age and everything, and like the first time seeing them live and everything. But then like I really feel like that album still is just is awesome. I mean, like you said, it, it's the variety that really saves that one too. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is them like really clicking in every degree you know it's like they've got the pop stuff the sad stuff but it's them like really kicking ass at all of it you know and it's a it's like a good combination where if you're not just feeling (laughs) full-on disintegration you can really get a lot out of that album and i think it works great so the the poppy stuff too then coming from that background did that kind of really Uh, in or was that always a little harder to swallow i've (laughs) never liked the a lot of the poppy stuff has kind of gone over my head with stuff like the walk let's go to bed yeah most of the top is, is <laughs> difficult for me to stomach to, to put it greatly it's it's i i have an appreciation for it and a respect for it and i think musically all the songs are fine but 
um yeah like love cats and stuff like that it's it's just kind of like what you're doing robert like you just <laughs> be miserable yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that was a, a big key in in my youth and even to this day and i was um being a cure fan mm-hmm. it, my, at my age at that time was very isolating yeah because it very difficult to find anyone else who was a Cure fan, especially to the extent that I was. It, if if anyone knew of the Cure, the first things that come to the mind is, oh, uh, yeah, I've got the greatest hits album at home. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I love, love it. And huh. I'd be like, ah, I'd be pulling my hair out. No, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I had that jotted down as something to ask you of how like the culture of growing up, you know, younger and. Like the younger days of getting into Cureness, I'm sure you've heard people venting on the show here and stuff of like how it was because they were such like the, you know, ultimate alternative band and stuff like, especially in like the, you know, late 80s and 90s for high schools and stuff that was always like the drama kids, you know, the kind of outcast and stuff. And I wondered, you know, over there if if there was any drastic difference in that or if it was still kind of a... Seems quite familiar, doesn't it? Really, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of that that summed me up as as a youth, the dramatic kind of outcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah you would think yeah. like from our like you know, just kind of naive American perspective, be like, well, yeah. over there, everybody must love the Cure, and it's just this widely accepted thing where everybody's just you know celebrating this band constantly, and that's what it's like. But uh, so yeah, I guess there's always a little of that. But that's probably their charm, you know, right? Is that they yeah, always kind of <laughs> reel in the kids when they feel like they're not belonging anywhere. So <laughs> Robert's there. So have you have you had many live experiences? Have you been able to catch them? Uh, I've had two. Um, I'm going to my I'm going to the Glasgow show this year in okay. August, uh, which I'm really excited about. Uh, the first time I saw them, unfortunately, I kind of missed them on their four thirteen. Um, tour because right. even though like the internet was quite strong back then but it was nothing like it was now I didn't even know they were playing and right. you find out they've just wrapped up a UK leg and you're like oh man oh, yeah. um, so it, it took so I I was eagerly awaiting any anything from The Cure I know they did um, they did Redden and Leeds Fest in was it 2012 yeah I, I didn't really have the money to go to that but um, they announced like two shows at the Hammersmith in 2014 in London, mm-hmm. and I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to this because the cure been so quiet from that period. Yeah, like I honestly thought there could possibly be a chance I could never see these, and you know they could pack it in any any moment now. So right. I, I was, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. I was on that website refreshing the page. <laughs> it was crashing like mad. I might get two tickets. I was absolutely over the moon, and they announced the third day as soon as I uh, <laughs> took tickets, but. Yeah, I went down. It was it was three nights, and I went down to the the first show, the first night. And uh, I I I've got like the trilogy Blu-ray, and I've even got that Cure. Uh, is it Cure Festival or Cure Live or something yeah, like that? Yeah, the two thousand. Yeah, the two thousands one. Yeah. So I, I wasn't completely sure to know what I was walking into, and um, that that was the tour. They I think they played every song off the top. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. You know, not my favorite album, but it was such a huge set. Um, You know, it was great hearing. I think they they definitely played a night like this. Um, 
but I think he played the uh, the Green Sea as well. Yeah. So I, I was made up, and and what I didn't really know was like they kind of do about like three or four encores, don't they? Yeah. So it, they had their first encore, and I was like, oh yeah, great encore, and then they came on again, and <laughs> that was like a really like magical moment that I, I don't think I'll ever really get again with another band. It's just obviously like some veteran fans would know. Oh yeah, they do this. They come on, do a long set, but yeah. It really felt like a really like a really historic gig. Like, oh my god, this band! They just keep coming back and yeah, playing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, I was made up with that, which is kind of funny because that leads into my second gig, which was um, the infamous Manchester gig in 2016. Okay, yeah. They cut the set short, and I went with my uncle that time, and I remember saying to him on the way, like, ah. Oh, they're going to play about almost 40 songs, you know, they're, they're, they're great. And they kind of cut off at about 20-odd, and I was a bit like, what went on there? And um, there were some rumours flying around afterwards um, that Robert was a bit annoyed with the crowd. Yeah. And there was other rumours as well that they had a sore throat. And I remember I was I was quite close to the stage, and I do remember, like, as he was walking off at the end of the show, he... He was kind of pulling faces to go. I don't want to leave, but uh. right. So huh. we'll never get to the bottom of that one. But yeah. Yeah, I, was, I was a little. It was still an amazing show, you know. It was they played Burn. That's one of my favorite Cure songs. Yeah. Um, I, I can't believe they played that. It was absolutely made up. But yeah, so there, there's me two behind me, and I've got this one ahead. I'm I'm looking forward to this, you know. Yeah, it's it, and it's funny. We're going back to the Manchester thing of like how they've kind of put themselves in this position now where even that show and it got cut short or whatever was still probably like what like two hours long or something as opposed to three hours long or how, how long was yeah, it yeah yeah i mean it was still it was still about 24 25 songs yeah yeah was, you know it's still like longer long show, yeah and they, they, they came on early as well yeah. yeah i think by the time i got there the twilight side had pretty much packed up and yeah, I, I think that's what they were annoyed about. I, I did hear something that they were a bit annoyed that they made it quite aware that they were going to come on early and the place hadn't even filled out when they come on. Because uh, huh. usually, well, in the UK anyway, a band, you know, the, the main band doesn't usually come on till about nine o'clock at night, you know. Yeah. So it, it was quite, I'm sure they came on at about like half seven, nearly eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty early. So. <laughs> everyone grapes but it's like you know it's still longer than most young bands play you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. prime, but, so. i usually just get a 30 minute slot <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> after that you're in a bit like yeah yeah i'm totally not <laughs> so, a feeling <laughs> only imagine how 16 year old robert feels after he's done three hours yeah, yeah, yeah i've said it a billion times they're not the easiest songs to sing either you know it's not like he's just kind of getting up there and mumbling through things they're pretty much going full throttle for like almost three hours that's pretty impressive so yeah yeah and I, I definitely have a huge respect for, for for the band as well because they've never really been like oh we're the legacy band now we're gonna come on here's the greatest it's all right so you know we'll the, the each every night the set list changes and i think that's kind of part of the magic as well is you don't really know what, what what you're getting into when you go there because like what are they going to open up with are they going to open up with playing song or yeah. open or something completely different something off blood flowers it's you know you don't get that with a lot of bands um another one of my favorite bands is the red hot chili peppers uh-huh. i've seen them about three times and 
the set list like barely changes besides right, whatever right. whatever tracks they've brought out off the new album. Yeah, like, that's pretty common so, for bands that even yeah. do have the big back catalog. They still just stick with whatever their main pop you know most popular album was, sprinkled in a few of the other hits, and that's it. You know, and it's like because he's always been so good about like even from the beginning, like still picking at least something from every album. You know, there's been very rare moments throughout their history where they've just totally neglected a whole era or album you know and it's like yeah i wonder if he really genuinely feels that good about every song he's recorded <laughs> or if he really does know that the fans really just want to hear a little of everything so it's it's you know maybe a little both but uh you know it's pretty cool because a lot of people like we said will, will just kind of neglect the whole era of their career and you're always like oh man they never play anything off of that you know? yeah <laughs> but well, it's the same first time i saw them they did um they did the top, not in order. It was all sprinkled throughout the set, but you know every song off the top, and yeah, it's like it's so weird. I'd kind of store them in a, <laughs> in a dark space, deep in deep in my memories, especially you know the band of that yeah. age of career. Like, but he, he certainly must remember them. You know, you never know. He, he might have just put oh, put the top on today. Oh. Yeah, just kind of reminiscing with the crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, a, it's pretty cool. Most artists would never even begin to like go into that territory you know yeah. but uh it's pretty pretty neat and just the idea that you know fans know that they do that now they can go a long stretch without even throwing anything weird in there but there's like it's like record hunting almost as long as the the hope is there you know you're like you never know like on that last yeah. tour it's like exploding boy would just pop up out of nowhere and you're like what why are they playing this now that's so awesome <laughs> so just knowing that 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 chance is there it's like probably why so many people follow him around and go to every show on the tour and stuff like that you know it's like yeah that, that's something i've always been interested in doing but I've, I've never really had the money or anything yeah to do. it's a tough to, I, tough thing the, to follow a up. band like the cure i'd, I'd definitely you know if, if they you know do a proper uk tour again in the next couple of years or something i'd definitely try and at least get to more than one show yeah i say you know each show is going to be something different with some bands that people see every night and it's like what, why are you seeing these again it's, it's the yeah, exact same exact same <laughs> songs exact same yeah. set list in the same order <laughs> yeah it's like yeah so many bands i love it's just like at a certain point i'm like all right i know exactly what's gonna happen if i go to this show i'm just you know five times was enough <laughs> i don't need any more but has um your opinion over the years changed of any of the albums or like something you initially got into when you first started digging in that really struck a chord with you and then kind of wore off more than others or is it all been fairly consistent uh i think it's fairly been consistent there's been albums that as you can imagine are, are getting them kind of within bulk in a short period of each other like yeah i never really give them a proper listen and as i've got into vinyl like most people have uh -huh. uh, when i pick up a new album you know obviously i give it a listen and, and i've kind of gone back to a few of the cured albums especially especially their really early stuff like faith and 17 seconds which i, I kind of breezed through them yeah and having an actual sit down and listen to them has, has made me give them a bit more respect a bit more a bit more out of them than i originally got but for me the band really kicked off of pornography, in in my opinion. That that's kind of when the the cure, yeah, everyone knows and loves today, kind of began. Really, is with the ones before that were kind of 
kind of like the primordial ooze right. so to say. yeah there was a bit of inconsistency back then wasn't there with uh, you know you have the first album which is post-punk and you go into this really dark these really dark places with, with faith and then, and then yeah. you've got pornography and then you go to the top and then you go to head in the door which is a bit of both both worlds and yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, it, it's quite a ride, but I think one arm I've certainly kind of warmed up to a bit more was Four Thirteen Dream because yeah, uh, I remember the singles coming out for that. I remember the only one coming out that was the first single, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I was re- I really loved that, especially for a more poppy poppy cure track as well. Right, a really great song. I remember, I got the I got the single on on CD. It had a really good B-side as well, MY Trip, um, mm-hmm. which probably uh, that would have been better on the album than some of the other tracks on the album. But that's a, that's a pretty solid cure argument for most of their career. They're really good at the B-sides. Did you um were you able to track those down mostly through Join the Dots or? Is yeah, it, or... I got I got Join the Dots. So I got the Join. Yeah, I remember getting Join the Dots. Um, yeah, I agree. Some of the B sides are fantastic. I think some of my favourite songs are off the B sides, like um, "Home" is yeah. one of my favourite tracks. Um, "Burn" "Burn" is definitely one of my favourite songs from the Cures from the uh, <laughs> from the Crow soundtrack. Right. Uh, what else? "The Big Hand" that's a really good one as well. Yeah. Uh, and the Exploding Boy and yeah, there's 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 a lot off that join the dots and yeah, I think that 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 gave me a bit of an an area of um, smugness being younger because you know you you had these kind of um, poser cure fans to to be a bit blunt and <laughs> I'd always be like yeah well I I've got the four disc B side and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you the song and no I didn't think you had <laughs> yeah there's something about those little hidden gems you know the fact that they're just yeah. B sides makes it something a little sweeter about them when they're great songs and uh, I think just in general too they're they never get as many initial over-listens, you know? Like, when you get an album, you're always just going to play it constantly, and you're kind of covering everything, deep-cut singles, everything. Yeah. But then, even if uh, there are great B-sides, you don't quite get as many spins on it, you know, or listens. Yeah. And, and, uh, as you can, yeah, as you can imagine, being my age, B-sides kind of went... Yeah, really, <laughs> it's like kind of when, a, when I was getting kind of a moot point. Yeah, <laughs> so so they're really good. Like once you've you know you've you've listened to all the albums, it's like well, try and hunt down the B sides, and some of them are easy. Some of them you can just find on YouTube, and even Spotify have a lot of the B sides now. But right, sometimes they're a real hunt, and I do remember getting that that join the B side, join the dots. Yeah, just being really like wow, this really is like a, a kind of treasure chest and kind of a whole new door into into a band that I've kind of freshly gone into and it, yeah it was great yeah i'd love them to release it on um on vinyl maybe record store day 2020 yeah who knows? or maybe cool. their <laughs> show show in paris to, to, to record yeah there's stuff. so much stuff they could definitely yeah. crank out for the retirement fund there <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah it's weird with the b-sides too like i because my initial I guess first really dig in and love was through standing on the beach and like the cassette came with uh, all the singles on the first side and then the B side of the cassette had all the um, B sides on it and uh, and it was cool because I was like young enough where I'm not even 100% sure in hindsight if I really knew what a B side was or what the point was yeah. <laughs> you know? I just had this tape and uh, 
you know, just plowed through all the singles and loved them. And then, you know, immediately just went on to side B. And, and at a certain point, I wasn't even really sure probably what I liked more. You know, it was like crazy to think that like a whole collection of b-sides could hold their own to the a-sides you know to the point where i'd probably listen to that just as much or maybe even more you know so it's pretty cool but to a, to a kid you could trick them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't even know what it was but it's like it's like this is just one really great album who knows <laughs> but uh yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> do you have a like a collector bug in you do you kind of try to sort, seek out all the the rarities and stuff or is it or you're like me where it's kind of the battle the war you can never really win <laughs> yeah i'm 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 huge into me collection collecting yeah but i i do kind of have that aspect in me where it's like i'm i'm not going to chase every um international release every (laughs) pressing but yeah um i've got i think i've got all the all the rams on cd um and i've got mostly everything on vinyl i I got wish i i had to i got it for 80 80 pound which is probably about 90 odd dollars over on your end uh, I, I was absolutely made up on that. I got that off on eBay. Um, well, cause, you know, I remember going around some uh, a friend of my dad's house and looking for it. He had an absolutely massive record collection. Mm-hmm. And I remember like looking, oh, let's just check the cure, see if he's got any cure. Yeah. And he had Wish, Wild Mood Swings. Oh, man. I'm not sure if he had Bloodflowers or not, but I remember turning around. I didn't have Wish at this point. I remember turning around to him and went, I'll give you a hundred pounds straight up for Wish. (laughs) (laughs) And he was just like, nope. (laughs) So yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm trying to hunt down my wild, wild mood swings and their blood flowers and the self-titled album. Yeah. Well, that's, that's being a collector in it, even though you're not that keen on them. I still, still want them on, on record. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm. Bloodflowers is the only one I don't have on vinyl now, just because it was that yeah. that era. I'm still not sure they're gonna get reissued soon. Um, yeah, or wish I don't have. Any day yeah. now, you just never know, do you? With the kill, the yeah, who knows? <laughs> in ten minutes' time after. <laughs> yep, here's all the albums remastered. <laughs> yep, yeah, we'll get them all. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Okay, cool. Until then, it's wishful thinking, but. I definitely had to have Wish on 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 vinyl. Yeah. Album. I was like, yeah, it's not it's not worth risking the weight. It may never come out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It'd be cool to get all those uh, outtakes and stuff too. That's uh, all the lost wishes and such. But yeah, the big like free disc CD. Yeah. 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 It'd be cool. <laughs> Um, well, going back to the idea of the origins and such, I always like in any origin stories to ask if, uh, at this point, passing on the Cure's legacy, have you introduced anybody to the Cure, and uh, and if so, how did you do it, or how would you do it? Like, what albums or choices? Um, I've, I've pulled a few friends onto them. I don't think I, I don't think I've really reeled them in, but I definitely got them. Uh, nibbling the bait yeah. uh, I've definitely turned people onto uh, Disintegration and the Wish album uh, I've got two kids um, they're still quite young at the moment but right you know I'm, I'm slipping it in yeah. <laughs> I'm them, you know, hopefully well you know the, the arms are going to go somewhere so you right. know hopefully they'll appreciate them when the when the time comes Like, but 
It'll it'll drive you crazy. They'll latch on to love cats and why can't I be you first? That's <laughs> all the ones that drive you crazy. Yeah, other than that, it's it, yeah. Other than that, it, it really has been a struggle. It's it's been it's been like searching for a soulmate, trying to find a fellow cure fan. It's it's huh. difficult. It's funny actually. I was I was in the shop the other day and the woman that count I had a cure t shirt on. Uh-huh. Woman at the counter just just. Kind of blurted out, killing an Arab. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it started going off. Like, oh, I've seen it. I saw them with Susie and the Banshees. I saw. Oh, oh, wow. I've seen it. Back then, 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 then. <laughs> That's cool. So, That's great. <laughs> Interesting song choice to blurt out across the room, but yeah. I know, yeah. Well, she did say after that, she went, "Oh, bet they, bet you they don't play that anymore." Yeah. I, think, I think they have recently, haven't they? But I yeah, think yeah, he's, he's the name. He, he kind of went on the record of trying to to win it back, or you know, yeah. redefine it again. But uh, which is cool, you know, especially when they're doing like the 40th anniversary stuff, you know, and they shouldn't, you know, they've been trying to make that clear for their whole career so at this point you know i think they deserve yeah. the right to not have to explain it every time <laughs> but uh but i could see how uh, people get bent out of shape you know any specific albums that you think even if it's not your particular favorites would be the best way to introduce a potential cure fan like what do you think yeah, the most accessible i regret to say this but i'd probably say the first thing you should pick up is probably the greatest hits yeah i'd, I'd probably say galore but that's probably harder to track yeah I've, it's got yeah. a better lineup than the greatest hit the greatest hits has a lot more of that yeah Little bit. yeah so i'd probably say you know just just dip your toes in the water listen to the the main singles the greatest hits and then when you want to go a bit further, get maybe Wish is a good introductory. Yeah, um, as we said, it's got a bit of everything. Yeah. And then, you know, get deeper and deeper. Disintegration, pornography, 17 seconds. And then you go <laughs> into pitch black dark waters. And then check out self-titled, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's usually pretty far on everyone's list there. <laughs> but, uh, you know... It is funny just to hear the different angles of like, you know, like the the albums with variety. I think like Wish and Head on the Door definitely seem to be the ones that oh, have, yeah. have, have yeah. a little of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, to be honest, actually, uh, I'll rephrase that. I'd, I'd probably say Head on the Door is the first proper studio album I'd, I'd introduce. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little more concise too, you know, it doesn't have as yeah. much like, you know. You know you, yeah, you've got Close to Me in between days instant you know you're gonna latch onto something familiar so yeah that'd be good and it's funny though for how many people like revisiting all the disintegration stuff in the last you know few weeks has been their story too of and even like yours where it was like that's that was the first one that they heard and really latched on to was like disintegration or even pornography you know <laughs> i'm always yeah. kind of like oh wow that just like it totally makes sense but at the same time it's like man when you go heavy right off the bat, you know, the, the poppy's going to seem real poppy then. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, even with myself, that was like the first like official album that came out that I, you know, was going to love no matter what. And, uh, just happened that it was disintegration, but so uh, <laughs> you would yeah, think that might be a little too heavy. To kind of... I, could more... I could only imagine kind of being around that time when that album came out. I just, 
yeah, this this band that had kind of been going for yeah. Long was it then? Like ten? Was it ten or twenty years at that point? Yeah, uh, ten. Yeah. I guess it seems yeah, like it was yeah. longer. Just, They'd redefine themselves like three times for a decade. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just strange. I even remember as a kid, like wanting them, you know, to get more mainstream success and stuff, just for my own probably validation of like I'm not a freak for liking these guys, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then like. I love Disintegration, of course, but at the same time, I was worried. I was like, I don't know, man. He's, like, singing about spiders and shit, and I'm going <laughs> to... Everyone's going to want to beat me up even more now. This guy's, like, really yeah, getting it's, dark. It's, it's, <laughs> it's quite funny, isn't it? Because a lot of, like, TV shows and stuff, films, uh-huh. nowadays, like, kind of celebrate all that kind of alternative stuff of the 80s. Go, oh, this is what the 80s was like. Everyone listened to The Cure, and... Right. And it's not not entirely the truth, is it? You know, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, obviously people did, but you know, it wasn't as mainstream as accepted as kind of the films kind of painted out to be, do they? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely more of the uh, not so secret secret club, you know, where yeah. <laughs> everybody that was a little awkward was in it. But <laughs> so. if you were a gambling man, when do you think? We'll we'll see the new album. Yeah, the new album. I guess that's the newest mystery. <laughs> They're already kind of pushing it back again. I guess with that last round of interview, I wasn't sure if you heard that or not, but he was. Now they had already pushed the U.S. tour back to like 2020. It sounded like, and he said yeah. the album's gonna be out before Christmas. He says, uh, and something we were talking about last night with the recordings we did too was like, I think this one's pretty definite. We're gonna get it, but. It's hard to say if it's going to yeah. stretch out a longer thing and what the deal is. But, um, yeah, I think before the end of the year we'll, we'll get this record. And uh, whether it's, uh, you know, going to be Blood Flowers Part 2 or what, sounds like they're gearing up for some pretty epic long songs. But uh, Yeah, I think they've, they've certainly had time to kind of really stew on it haven't they yeah so, it seems like if they came out blazing with pop singles too, but at the same time it's it's possible isn't it you know yeah well i hope that i'm holding out hope for this one each one I, I keep trying not to get my hopes up too much you know or i'm like well who knows whatever it is it'll be fine and cool just to have a new one but i think there's like some level of keeping the expectations a little low too you know and then i can be pleasantly surprised by it but uh i don't, yeah, don't want to be negative it. towards it either you know so i'm definitely cautiously optimistic yeah i think that's what they call it right <laughs> <laughs> at least it might have some good artwork you know yeah exactly get the vinyl out and look at it maybe not put the discs on but yeah. I'm, I'm i'm pretty confident it'll be good to be honest yeah. especially i mean if it adds um, things can never be the same on it. That that would, um, yeah, I hope so. That, that's, that's a great song as it is. So even if it just had that and the rest were stinkers, you know, that's that's something. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm kind of like back backing the idea that he was that enthusiastic to make it, and it actually got recorded within like a year, technically. And you know, like at this point, they've what's it been eleven years since the last one. So I mean, really, there's no need to make it unless he really wanted to so at least the passion's there you know there's no you know just like well i'm gonna make another record you know (laughs) at that point he totally could have just never made a record if he wanted to so i think it's it's pretty cool to know that there was a reason and you know some kind of passion to want to get in there sincerely make it you know so i think hopefully that'll be enough to to 
put it into the really awesome category and it would be great to have one more really solid yeah. one you know just for yeah it's great to respect the legacy isn't it and i think you know i think robert smith's always going to have a bias towards his own work but he, he must have kind of seen the writing on the wall really where he's like uh these have been he's been kind of going down in quality like you don't you don't want to have more bad albums than good albums right. so it's probably good that he's kind of took a step back despite the fans you know begging and pleading oh, there's another album out it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll do it when when it's right and yeah that, that's a really you've, you know you've got to really give give some major props for that because it, it could be easy to just you know scribble out an album release it get the money off it and tour like right ac have released the same album for first years <laughs> totally just crank yeah. it out you know so can't can't accuse him of that at least so. <laughs> cool well yeah hopefully we can uh all get together and talk about this new record and uh, have the whole second half or start of the next year being dedicated to all these new thoughts and, and crazy twists and turns that they will deliver with this album. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm going to try to stay positive for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if nothing else, we'll get a really good tour out of it, hopefully. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah so. exactly. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much for talking to uh, record and call and uh, fit it into the time zone differences there. So I hope I'm not yeah. no, it's keeping been a it from dinner or anything. <laughs> No, yeah, um, uh, just a quick one. If anyone could get onto Facebook and give my band Saturn Split a like, uh, that that'd be brilliant. I know <laughs> I doubt that you're going to be coming all the way to the UK to see us play, but yeah, just, our support helps us out, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. So you got a Facebook page then for the new band? Yeah, it? we've got a Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. And, uh, we've, got, we've got a few recordings. We 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 did a. We did a heavy cover of um, Bed Sitter by Soft Cell. Do you know that one? Okay, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, put that in the link on the Facebook page of ours as well, too. So we'll try to... Can you link other Facebook pages? Uh, I believe you can, yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Get enough notice. Awesome. Cool. You got some shows lined up, or are you kind of in the Yeah, we, we were playing... Um, yeah, we're playing Stockport. That's near Manchester um, at the end of the week. Okay. Uh, we were playing Runcorn um, at the end of the month and um, that's it till now but in July we're, we're putting on an event in Liverpool which we're kind of really hoping to be quite a big one so yeah awesome. on the horizon cool deal so yeah people can check out the dates on the Facebook page then since yeah, yeah. who knows when I'll get this up but uh, hopefully catch those later ones for sure <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks so much, man. It's great to have a real conversation with you and uh, get to know you better. Appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. Signing off. All right, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, again, special thanks to Victor and John for sharing your origin stories with us. Always great to hear how it all started and... Uh, as we forge on into 2019, so many new highlights for every Cure fan just around the corner. Festival season is kicking in now, so uh, who knows what's around the bend. So be sure to subscribe to the Holy Hour podcast on iTunes and on YouTube now. So if you're more of a uh, 
watch YouTube and listen to YouTube person while you work. Um, that might be a better avenue for you. So whatever, man. You got options. All the other ones too. Google Play and Spotify. I think we're all on all those now. So check it out and uh, don't miss an episode. Um, be sure to follow Instagram. That's where we throw out all our feelers and casual updates. So the Holy Hour podcast on Instagram and uh, the Facebook page is important for links so such as Saturn Split, John's band. So go go find that and um, and listen to some clips. You won't be disappointed. And uh, like his page as he asked you good people to do. So Facebook page is where you'll find all kinds of cool extras for each episode. And uh, if you want to just write to me directly about contributing, complaints, praise, whatever you want to do, send it to gavinconnor at gmail.com. Be glad to hear your thoughts. And, um, you know, if, if that isn't enough, go buy some T-shirts, man. Keep your eyes on 17 Seconds shirts.bigcartel.com because that's where Chaz cranks out all your favorite Cure T-shirts and uh, comes up with cool original designs that you won't be able to find anywhere else at affordable prices. You won't be disappointed. They are 90% of my wardrobe. So why don't you go treat yourself now and put on the first Cure record that you heard as a wee lad or maybe last week and uh, go down memory lane of how it all began and we'll catch you next time. Talk hard. The Spider-Man is always...